It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Well, what does inspire you? Um, beautiful women. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, great weed. Hip hop hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. Oh, don't crack me with the guitar. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with the one and only Rick Hyde. It's Ricky. You hear it on the tracks. Uh, but man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on on the show. Obviously, part of the Black Soprano family. Uh, one of the great artists coming out of of that crew. Obviously, affiliated with Big Benny the Butcher. Uh, but you've had an amazing 2022. The Bodies on Bodies EP just came out. Uh, you had the Steamer album that came out as well, and then also the the DJ Live. Uh, Long Live DJ Live came out as well as part of the Black Soprano family. But, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's pretty amazing to see the year that you've had. Appreciate that, man. I just been, I just been working, man. Trying to stay consistent, man. <laughs> I love that it's that simple, like just trying to stay consistent. But, I mean, you've been, I mean, you've been doing this for, for a while now. Like, can you feel the difference between what you were doing before and, and where you're at now? Oh, certainly, certainly, man. I go to certain places, people recognize my face. They recognize the beard. Um, they just, like, know it's me now, you know what I'm saying? I was, like, the quiet one in the background for some years. But it's, like, I feel like it's, like, my time now. So I'm just taking advantage of every opportunity. I'm just, I'm just going with it. It's funny that they say that they recognize the beard, you know? Like, that is... That is something they they get. I mean, I've got the beard too. That's I think I think the beard beard works. But like, is that what they see first? Is like, hold up, wait a minute. Is that how they recognize you, or is it like, they have you the noticed? Chain. They see the chain first. <laughs> <laughs> they see the chain first, and then they be like, Nah, is that him? And they be like, He got the beard. And they come up to me, tap me on the shoulder, like, Yo, you big high? I'm like, Yeah. Last time I checked, I was. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be the coolest way to acknowledge that. Maybe that's what, what I'll have to start doing. But I'm always interested in the chain. Do you remember the moment you got the chain? Do you remember the moment you got presented with it? Yeah, man. I remember uh, I just came home to Atlanta and there was a packet. It was in the mail. My charm was in the mail straight from Florida. Shout out to my boy Calvin Mateo. Um, he made it. Yeah, I can only imagine the feeling of actually taking it out of the box and just seeing it for the first time. And it's, it's like, how did that feel? It felt like I went platinum. <laughs> <laughs> Packages that shit was blinging. I'm like, 
and and what year did you get that? I got this joint in 20, like 2020. I got this joint. I got this joint. I got this joint like right when the pandemic like started. So I had to get it mailed. I couldn't go to Miami and pick it up. So he had to mail it to me at, uh, at my house in Atlanta. So he had because it was COVID and shit, but I'm just happy I got it. Yeah. In a weird way, it came at the right time. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's like it came right after, like, right, uh, I think we was on tour or about to start tour. And that joint, like, man, that joint came right in the middle. It was right on time. Did you, did you get the confidence from it? Did you feel like it gave you a lot of, all right, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right things. Yeah, it gave me some motivation. I wouldn't say confidence, man. I'm pretty confident, bro. The jury don't define me. It compliments me. You feel me? So, you know what I'm saying? So I'm pretty confident in myself. Like, bro, I was dead broke at one point in life, man. I was still like the man. So, <laughs> so jury don't, it don't, it don't define me. It didn't give me that much confidence. I mean, it, it definitely, it looks great on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm self I'm self confident in my own right. Yeah, a moment that it 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 reestablishes that you're on the right path, that you're nah, doing yeah, the right things. No, nah, definitely. It's definitely it definitely gives I got my affairs in order. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you were broke at one point. How long ago was that compared to to where you are at now. What? That was recently. That was like, man, I want to say like maybe like six years ago, maybe. Yeah, like six years ago, I was down there. I reached my, I reached my, my wits in, man. I thought it was over, man. And then, then Benny took me up to, uh, Rappers Out of Control with, uh, uh, what's the DJ name? DJ up there, my guy name, rap is out of control, yeah, on Shade 4 or 5, yeah, he took me up there, I rapped, shit, and it's pretty much been history ever since. <laughs> so, how long before did you know Benny? I knew Benny since 2006, 2007, so I knew Benny like a long time. Right, and so when he saw you, like he must have seen you, and you would have been interacting at points, you know, to oh, to be broke only six years ago, and to feel like, you know, you're you're coming to the end in a weird way. Like, what was he like during that period of time? Um, I was just, he was really just like we just naturally Buffalo dudes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just trying to make a dollar out of fifteen cents. Turn it into two dollars, you know what I mean? We was just trying to just we was thugging. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Back then it was just but it was also simple back then, you know what I mean? Because we was it, like we didn't know where the music was gonna take us. We didn't have a destination with the music. It wasn't an obligation, you know what I'm saying? It was more or less we was experimenting, we was having fun with it. So those were the good times. Those times made us, you know what I'm saying? That's why I think that's why a lot of people love us now because we're so, we had those times. A lot of people don't have those times to deal with. So how did you deal with them though? 
Like it's one thing to go through them. It's another thing to deal with them successfully. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Um, you know, you got the support. You got the support of the guys. You got your family around you. You want to see in Buffalo. In Buffalo, it's two things you want to do. You want to make it out of Buffalo for one, and then you want to take care of the people that that mean that held you down when you was down. You know what I'm saying? So those two things kind of like was my like that's my everyday inspiration. Is to just keep holding the people down that hold me down. Yeah, it's weird because I've spoken to a few artists from Buffalo. I've spoken to, you know, Ballistic Man and I've spoken to a few other artists who who come out from a very similar area to you. And it's interesting hearing what life was like, the the challenges, the struggles, and and just just being like I'm obviously an outsider looking in, but do you have perspective on why it's so challenging in the city you come from? I think it's the geography of the city, um, and I also think I also think like it's the market of the city, and and I, and I blame some of it on New York City because for so long they tried to shun us and like act like we're not a part of the city. I have no clue as to why they did that, and now it's like we're the forefront of hip hop music in New York City. It's like I don't know. Challenge. It was. It was always challenging. Just because you're from Buffalo, you try to do, you try to achieve the unachievable. You know what I mean? A record deal, the mass appeal, maximum exposure. To, like those. Like that ain't happened in Buffalo since Big James. So it's like the challenge of it was always hard. It's like it's, it's always gonna be hard because, uh, like I said, it's brand new to us. Um, so every day is a learning experience. Every day is something new. Uh, and until and until we and until we finish our journey, that's when the, that's when it'll finally be a blueprint for the next artist up to follow. You know what I'm saying? So it's always going to be challenging, but I think we deal with it pretty good. Yeah, I mean, did you feel the resistance for you naturally being from Buffalo? Did did you feel just people going, "Hey, man, you're from Buffalo," and then all of a sudden they stop listening? Yeah, man, like, like for instance, like, the radio thing, like, I grew up not having radio plays, you know what I'm saying, even as a Buffalo artist, they never played us on the Buffalo radio, um, we got a syndicated radio station, they play in Toronto, they play in Detroit, um, they play in Buffalo, Syracuse, um, so it's like, we never, ever, like, they used to have a segment on there called Unside Hype, they played that, like, once a week for like an hour or two on a Friday night at midnight when nobody's listening to the radio. So it's basically like I never grew up with radio plays. So now people like, oh, they don't do nothing. They don't, get, they don't get played on the radio. It's like, bro, I'm not even looking to get played on the radio. <laughs> like those aren't my intentions. Like that's not what floats my boat. I know how to make it happen without the radio, obviously. So, so shit like that. Other than that, it's, I mean, it's, it's Buffalo. Got the best football team in America. <laughs> Do you? Has it changed since? Like, has it changed at all since you were coming up? Like, have they started playing? Obviously, you know yourself and Benny and and the Black Soprano family is so successful. It's such a big name in hip hop. It's redefined almost how the music business works. Have you seen any shift within Buffalo itself? Yes, of course. Oh, um, now it's like. Now it's like they gotta respect it. You know what I'm saying? 
okay, we got some guys from Buffalo. These dudes got millions of views on their YouTube. These dudes doing hundreds of thousands monthly listeners on Spotify. I mean, you gotta you gotta respect the numbers now. You know what I'm saying? So, so hell yeah, it's been a change. They like they respect us all over the city. Like I, I'm in different circles and I go places without pay. Oh, <laughs> um, like. I get treated like the owner of the club sometimes. So it's a beautiful feeling, man. Like the to have everything change the way it did because it was like at a point in time, Buffalo was a racist city. People, for those of you that don't know about Buffalo, Lives Matter movement started in Buffalo, in South Buffalo, at Casanova Park. <laughs> um, so it's like Buffalo was racist as fuck. So to be a young black dude. And, and the move, how I move through the city, it's, it's a blessing. I know, I know the top guys. Uh, did you experience that racism? Um, I wouldn't say like, like blatantly. Um, you get denied certain, you get denied certain places, and you kind of, and you kind of feel, you kind of catch the vibe. You feel me? Um, like you might have certain, like a certain kind of. Won't let you up, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. So other than that, I won't say like it's just blatantly like nineteen sixties. It's not racist like that. It's just it's privilege. Yeah, I mean it's I, I've really never really understood it. Like I, I find it so strange that we still are dealing with these things and we can't just get past the fact that we're all people and that we're just we're just trying to make our way in this world, and if we just saw each other as people, it would make life so much easier. Like the fact that we still we talk about it, and the obviously the Black Lives Matter movement, and obviously all the tragedy that's been happening recently is is insane to me. But it still is shocking that we just can't be like, "Hey, man, we're just people. Like we're all just people." At the end of the day, we're slightly we're we're, we're a little bit different, but that's what makes us interesting. Right? No, you're right. I agree with you totally on that. Well, I mean, the the good thing is that I think hip hop has done great work for that. I mean, more yeah, than ever. I think, I think hip hop, especially like our music, has been like a liaison between the different races, the different ethnicities, because it's so relatable. You know what I'm saying? It's like you don't have to be you don't have to be me to be going through what I'm going through. You feel what I'm saying? So I feel like I feel like the way we tell our story and the way we depict it, uh, it makes it it makes it relatable for everybody. And I think that's why the world gravitates to, towards us so so well. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure you when you go to Europe, it must be crazy to see how many people who don't speak English go to your shows. Yeah, man, it's been crazy, bro. Like I. Like, and I'm and I'm like one of those artists that's super tapped in. Like I watch reaction videos. I've seen like reaction videos from guys from England. Like they don't even like they gotta rewind the, the words back because they don't even understand the accent. <laughs> like it's been super crazy, bro. So like I mean that's that's a blessing, bro. That's humbling. I went from like I went from like nobody listening to my shit to like the world. <laughs> so it's like it's crazy. Over what period of time was that? Like, how recently was there, like, no one listening when you felt like, hey, I'm doing all the work, no one's listening to, like, feeling like everybody was? This was was. probably years ago, though. This was, like, 
2009, back when everything was like almost just local, you know what I'm saying? It, it felt like like we were doing it and it felt like it wouldn't go past Buffalo, you feel me? So just shows though. It just shows like the the importance of the hustle and the importance of not stopping. Like we're talking over 10 years to where you are at right now. 2009 to to the end of 2022, like, yeah, I think a lot of people should learn the lessons from yourself. Nah, man, I think I think every artist should understand the hip hop hustle. Um, understand understand the way it works for you, and then utilize that and conquer that. You know what I mean, and, you, and there's no way you can't be successful. Success is inevitable if you just master those things. You know what I'm saying. What do you think was your biggest challenge? Uh, what was the, the, the thing that kind of held you back? Do you have a thing that was like, oh, I, I kind of identified this as my biggest weakness? Um, I don't really know. That's a good question. That's a great question. I think my biggest weakness is I don't, I'm not like, I'm not like really a selfish person. A lot of people think I'm selfish. I don't, I don't know why. I'm, I'm to myself, self, I'm not self-centered, but I'm to myself not an introvert, but I'm not selfish at all, you know what I'm saying? I think that that's, that can be a weakness as well, you know what I'm saying, in, in this business. Sometimes you got to make sure you're straight in order to make sure everybody that's around you is straight as well. So, like, if I, if I would say one thing that's a weakness, maybe I'm too caring. See, it's interesting you say that's a weakness because I think that's also a strength to be caring enough. Yeah, man. I mean, it goes both ways, man. Music, the music business is a cutthroat business, bro. So you got to be tough, got to be sharp, got to be on all ten toes. And sometimes, in some situations, like there's no room for feelings or emotions, so you just got to think straight business wise. So, you no, know, it's a it's a pro and a con. Yeah, I almost think that if more people were caring, we would see more benefits and more success on a wide range of people come out. I think in a way the all this talk about cuz hip hop is competitive everyone says it's a sport like I think that really blunts anybody from wanting to look after anyone else because it, it we're pitted against each other you're pitted against each other Yeah I, I feel you on that I think I think it's just like if too many people care you start seeing people get fucked over <laughs> So I, I don't know. It's a higher call. It's a higher call. You just gotta, you just gotta assess the situation properly. I guess. Just wait out the snakes. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. Just wait it out. See what's going on. Fill it out. Put your guard up. Put it down. You know. You know. Yeah, I mean, do, do you know? Speaking of sport, one thing I wanted to ask you about was the Ronda Rousey track. Because you have a, a track that came out this year uh, titled Ronda Rousey, and I was all, I'm always interested in pop culture references and you know sport references. But what made you title a track after Ronda? I said, "Shit, I stumbled and fell on a hundred thousand, but you fell from the top just like Ronda Rousey." <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fact, man. Ronda was at the top of the UFC, man. She got punched out a couple times and then now she don't even fight no more it's like come on bro i was just speaking to inconsistency like bro you can't be inconsistent you gotta be a, you gotta be a dog out here and then you gotta be a demon 
gotta take what's yours. You know what I'm saying? She had it. She was she was about to be like she was about to be the fucking Conor McGregor of women's UFC. Like she had it. And then she got beat up and then she just like lost her swag. She, she got beat up so bad in real fighting that she started fake fighting. Yeah, she, she went to WWE. Yeah, it's always it's always a bad sign. It's a bad sign when you're a UFC fighter and you go to WWE. That's a bad sign. Shout out to I mean, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, well, he did the opposite. So he went the other way around. He went to WWE and then went to UFC. But he's a monster. He is. He would be one of the scariest dudes. Ever in the UFC? Where you? Where you at in the world, bro? Melbourne, Australia. We're down under. Oh yeah, okay. Shout out to shout out to Melbourne. Shout out to Sydney. Um, shout out to Australia. I love Australia. Australia always pop up on my Spotify. Man. I love Australia. It's a, it's an artist out there that I like. Um, Sirachi. I uh, never listened to Sirachi. You never did? No. I'm going to have to get the recommendation. She's all right. I like her. She's all right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I find her on my Spotify after this, Sirachi. Rick Hyde approved. Yeah, yeah. I like Sirachi. She's, a, she's coming out of Australia. She's dope. When was the last time you were in Australia? I'd never been. Oh, you've never been? Nah, I, I talk to the fans from Australia like every day though. Like they hit like it's at least three people every day that hit me up from Australia. So I so I, I can't wait to get out there. Do you have plans to come down and do a tour? Yeah, actually it's supposed to be a show. I wanna say it's either Sydney, it might be it's either Sydney or it might be in Melbourne. Benny got a show out there and I'm gonna open it up, so I forgot the date. It's, it's it's at the top of twenty three though. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be on. A, I think it's a festival or something. If I'm mistaken, so just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, you might have to. You might have to let me know because yeah, man, that would be awesome. I'd love to see you live. Like I've been, I've been following you guys for a while now, and that'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be amazing. You got to bring me a kangaroo, bro, to the show. <laughs> All right, you organize the tickets. I'll organize the kangaroo. How about that? We'll do a trade. I say less. Say less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's it's weird because I remember growing up and going to school and no one being into hip hop. I remember being like one of three kids at school that was like, what the, the that was like into it, and everybody else was like, "What the fuck are you listening to?" <laughs> Crazy how it's changed. Hip hop is back, man. It's like real lyricism, the bars of it, the whole like aesthetic of it is back, bro. So I'm like, I'm fully like appreciative that the fans, um, like they adhere to us how they do. I'm glad they admire us. I'm glad they play us a million and seventeen thousand hundred times. Like I just, I just, I'm just in love with hip hop right now, bro. I'm having fun right now making music. Was there a period where you were worried? Where it was heading? Hell yeah, man! You know, like a couple of years ago, it was like oversaturated with that like techno, trap, pop, rave shit. Like that, I don't know, man. And I was so nervous, man, because it was like little dudes getting signed left and right, mumble rapping, 
talking about, damn, man, it's never going, we never going to get on. <laughs> and these dudes make a mad bank. You know what I mean? These dudes in Rolls Royces and Ferraris and shit, Lamborghinis. They're not saying shit. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, man, we never going to get on. Then, man, it just, it just happened. <laughs> what do you think it was that switched? Like, why do you think it, it changed? so dramatically because i mean your sound is very different from yeah, I, uh for me for me it changed just because of well, i could say as a, as a whole for like all of us making music out of buffalo it changed because of the respect factor it was too many like i think it was like too many ogs like saluting us and like you know you got wu-tang the locks you got you know what i mean eric sermons you got like real, you got like the real legends of this shit, like really like Prodigy, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. You got like the real, like the real coach of this shit, like acknowledging it, Nas, Jay Z. So it's like, oh shit, okay, if the big homies say they like this shit, everybody got to fall in line, like, yo, nah, I know, we fuck with them. So it's like, it became more of a respect thing. And I think it was like people respect what we do. And the, out, and the impact of it, you know what I'm saying? It's like you can't not acknowledge what's going on and what's happening in Buffalo. Yeah, I think also, because I, I, I had this conversation a while ago, probably like two years ago, when I first was like picking up the podcast, and it feels like the fans, they got into it. Like the the early, the pop sound that was the entryway to more fans gravitating towards hip hop. And now that they're fans, they're looking back and they're looking at, all right, let's look at the history of the music. There's so many references in every tracks to, as you said, your Nas's, your Biggie's, your Tupac. And they, they almost don't have a choice, but to go back and listen to the music and get schooled on the history of it. And now because they've been learning, lyricism is back. It's like the wave of hip-hop. Like, there always had to be this time where it was just on the sound, and now it's back to what are you actually talking about? Uh, most certainly, man. I couldn't agree more, man. It's like, and it's like, it's like now it's getting, it's getting more like, uh, it's getting more embraced in a younger, in a younger younger aspect you feel what i'm saying like a younger crowd is starting to gravitate towards it now because you know like they see us they see how we dress you know what i'm saying we dress like trap trap rappers <laughs> so they they like they like how do you guys rap like wu-tang <laughs> and but dress like little baby <laughs> it's like how do y'all got all this stuff that the, that these guys got but y'all don't make none of the music that they make so it's like now it's a question thing, like, okay, what are you guys? What do y'all do? <laughs> so I, I love it, man. I'm loving every moment of it. Have you noticed how old your fans are? Like, do you have a demographic that most of your fans sit in? Yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a guy that checks the numbers, bro. I check my analytics all the time. So I'm doing, like, right now, I got a good – I got a wide range, so it's like between sixteen and sixty-six years old. But do you have like a majority? I, I'm assuming this would be yeah, my the guess. Majority, the majority is anywhere from between like twenty-four years of age to like thirty-three. You know what I'm saying? Like around there, twenty-four to thirty-four. That ten-year, 
that ten year gap right there is pretty like that's the majority of it. But it's I'm telling you, it's from sixteen to sixty six right now. It must feel pretty good that you can hit such a wide spectrum of people. Yeah, man, it just lets me. It just helps me to understand that the bars are getting acknowledged. The actual lyricism is uh is appreciated. Do you know what I was looking at? I was looking at the uh the the long live DJ Shay album, and I and I noticed you got a track with DJ Premier, a Primo. Yeah. Um, how did how was that? Like, because Primo's, in my opinion, one of the best producers of all time, if not the best producer of all time. One of my, like, literally my favorite producer of all time. But how was that getting a track with him? Man, it was a blessing, man, because it was crazy. Because we did that record. Well, Benny actually cut his verse first, and then we heard it. And we was like, yo, let's make it into a freestyle. And me and him have wrapped over it. Then they like, yo, let's make it to an actual, like, on the low. Nobody knows this. I'm telling you, this is Australia exclusive. Uh, we had YB and Corday on the, we had Corday on the record as well. Sorry, man, that whole last 30 seconds just cut out. As soon as you said you're going to give me the exclusive, it was like the universe heard they didn't want you to give me the ex- Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's, that's the label that chimed in. They muted me out. Now, what I said was, it's a version out there in the universe with Corday on it. Of times is rough. Damn. You heard, you heard that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Vers- yeah, so, but, but, um, the label wanted to just push the record with Benny and Corday on it. Um, but Primo, Primo was against it like a hundredfold. He's like, nah, I want Rick on it. Rick killed it. He's like, I want him on it because that's their guy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? He's like, don't mess up the song. Don't mess up their aesthetic. Yeah, I'm saying so. Primo fought for his heart, man. And uh, I said, like I said, that that's the only record on the album that's not mixed and mastered by Guru. Um, Primo took full control over the record. He mixed it, mastered it. Um, and I've been talking to I've been talking to Primo for a minute. I just talked to him the other day. Like that's my guy. Like, like that's my that's my OG. So like you know what I'm saying, I hit I hit him up. Any advice, whatever. He hit me up with pointers, and, and, and soon, 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 I'm gonna do a project with Primo, so it's gonna be crazy. That is on, I, like, honestly, I don't get speechless a lot on the show, but that makes me very much speechless because, as I said, Primo's like I've been listening to Primo for so long. It would be amazing to be able to pick his brain and just to talk to him on a regular basis. Like, have you have you felt his presence really change? a lot of the things you're thinking about in terms of the wisdom he provides. And obviously he's been in hip hop forever. Like he has been in the game for, I don't even know how long over close to 40 years, I would say. Yeah, man, Primo is a genius, man. Just being in the studio, you like, you just want to start rapping. Like as soon as you walk in the door, it's like, it's like you got something to prove, man. Like Primo is, Primo is that guy. Man. I ain't going to lie. Primo is that guy. That was like one of my, that's one of my top three cosigns right now. <laughs> I've always wondered when he speaks about music and when he speaks about the artistry. Like, is there is there a, like what do you feel when he's creating a song and when he's almost there, the presence? Like, what is the actual presence of him in the studio with you like? 
man, Primo is chill, man. He's laid back. Um, but he's focused, though. He might be doing something or saying something, but I can tell he's like 100% locked in on the music. So it just makes you just want to work like 10 times as hard as him. You feel what I'm saying? Because this Primo, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, a, it's the GOAT. It's the legend. And to see his work as it, it just make you want to work. I mean, it, it just is hard. Does he provide coaching or guidance or what's his general philosophy when he's obviously got a beat and he's obviously got a track and he's got a vision as well? Yeah, yeah. But No, nah, yeah, of course. He put, he, he provides his little two cents. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a but Primo let you work. He know who he's dealing with. You know what I'm saying? He, know, he knows the capabilities of the artists that he worked with. I can tell that about him just by sitting in sessions with him. So he'll let you be corrected. He's a producer, so it's like, it's just natural. So he'll just naturally just, I don't know, you should try and say it like this, or no, nah, put this word, say this word instead. I mean, shit like that, but for the most part, Primo let you work. Yeah, just just being around, I mean, when I look at the circle of people you're in in general, like, it's almost difficult to see how you could like I couldn't see how you could not succeed just with the the people around you in terms of the people you're getting exposed to obviously Benny but Conway as well and the whole Griselda crew and all the people that you've been working with 38 special you've worked with as well I mean it's almost like it was it was foregone conclusion just with having all these people around Hey man, it's like I think we got a full proof system, man. Now, man, it's just like I don't see I don't see us being stopped no time soon. Well, what do you say for your twenty twenty three? Twenty twenty three, place three on the way. All I gotta say, place three on the way. Do you have a time frame, or is it just that's it? Top of the year, top of the year. I know everybody want to rush me, but I don't. I don't know how to rush this. <laughs> Top of the year. See where I'm at? See where I'm at? I'm just getting inspiration. I just want to show the people this real quick. Damn. I am jealous. Let me tell you. Good old Pacific Ocean, you know? I'm just out here. I'm just out here getting inspired, man. Place me on the way. It's happening. Well, what does inspire you? Um, Beautiful women. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, great weed. Scenic views. Ah, I, I get inspired by a lot, bro. Cause I'm a producer as well, so it's like I, I just I hear sounds all day, man. My mind is just constantly flowing, constantly working. The simplest motivations I've ever heard. Yeah, no, I don't take it. Don't take much for me to get active. <laughs> so you guys, cause are you based in LA right now? Yeah. How was making the switch from? From Buffalo to to LA, um, it's pretty good. You know what I'm saying LA is a vibe, bro. So LA is always like, that's what I'm talking about. This is happening right here, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's seamless, man. I'm used to it now, man. I've been like just traveling. I've been everywhere, you know. Thomas, photo goes. So I've been LA. I've been everywhere. So it's just like. I'm just getting. I'm just getting comfortable. Cause how long have you been in LA for now? I only been out here for a couple of days now, but it seems like 
every time I come out here, so I'm just enjoying it, man. You know, have some lunch by the ocean. You know, <laughs> sitting, with my, sitting with my family. You know, we just chilling. Man, so it feels like. So, is your family with you right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, love, love would make us feel closer, but yeah, this is my family that's with me right now. Yeah. Well, man, it's. I mean, it feels so strange because this is my team. I got with me. I got my manager Mike here. I got my boy E here. Yeah, man. Well, it, it, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing to see all the things you've accomplished and. You know, I'm sure it will continue to keep going, but yeah, I mean, I, when I look at people like yourself, I look at your careers, and it it makes me happy to be a hip hop fan. Just seeing all the things that you've gone through in terms of coming from a real struggle and feeling like it was all lost to where you are right now. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I mean, do you have any any like key pieces of advice? I always think that uh, when when we have an artist of your caliber, a lot of people benefit from hearing your your pieces of advice or or your key pieces of guidance for anyone going through a difficult time. But is there anything that kept you going? And any piece of advice that you have for anybody else? Yeah, man. Um, like the main thing I do, I I live on every day is um. Like giving up is easy. It's easy. It's easy to fail. It's easy to give up. It's easy to quit. Challenge yourself and try to win. You know what I'm saying? Just keep going. Consist. Try. Challenge yourself to be consistent. To just to, to try to overachieve. Just try it one time and see how it makes you feel. And I guarantee you won't you won't hesitate to try to overachieve again. I promise. Yeah. I yeah. It's. I mean, I love that. Is like. Always be consistent is the easiest and the hardest piece of advice ever. Right. It's easier said than done, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for, this is, I mean, I just released my 124th episode when this, when we're doing this and and I haven't missed a week for 124 weeks. And I always tell people, me talking to to artists like you is the most fun, easiest thing that I could ever do in my life. But the everything else is hard. The consistency is hard. Doing it, making time to do it every week and never stopping is the difficult part. Ah, for real, man. That's crazy, man. I, that's that's a good stat, man. Hundred twenty-four yeah. episodes. That's great, bro. And we we ain't never stopping. That's the commitment. I was like, I'm never gonna stop. Just every week, it's gonna we're gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep doing interviews and. We're just going to keep hustling. And over a period of time, we're going to see the success we want to see. Definitely, man. That's all, man. They say you, they say if you spend 10,000 hours on anything, you can master it. So, man, so just keep going, bro. Yeah, and that 10 years takes an overnight – it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. So, I mean, it's easy for me because I just count my episodes. 500 episodes is 10 years, so we've got a long way to go. That's beautiful, man. But man, hopefully when you come down, I could we could do this again in person, chop it up. It's always interesting to me the feeling of doing it over Zoom. You're obviously traveling, and then what it would be like in person. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely, man. You got to show me the uh, got to show me around, man. The down under, man. 
Let's do it. We'll get us a 12-pack of Fosters, man, and we'll, and we'll, we'll go crazy. Well, man, i got to tell you, we don't drink Fosters in Australia. I don't know where this came from, but we don't drink Fosters in Australia. <laughs> what? What do you drink out yeah. there? Well, okay, so there's a few beers. Uh, I'm, I personally love Carlton Draft. Carlton Draft is really good. Um, but there is a Melbourne beer. It's called Furphy. It's really popular. Uh, so you'd have to try a Furphy. But we got a lot of, like, craft beers going on. So, uh, but, yeah, Foster's, no one drinks. Literally no one. It's it's the most bogan redneck drink ever. And, yeah, you won't see anyone. It, it's not even really served in bars at all. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> I watched that commercial mad times as a kid. Foster's is how strong you for beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi. Sorry. I, like I feel like I let you down. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I let you down now with the Foster's. <laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good. Well, man. Obviously, you're at lunch. I, I definitely understand you're a busy guy, but I only have one more question for you. It's probably going to be the hardest question for you that I've asked. Um, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, cannot be your own music, can be any genre of music, what would it be? One album? Yeah, that you think is underappreciated and everybody should listen to at least once. Uh Place one by me. <laughs> other than you, is there any track other than you? Oh, other than me? Yeah. Album that's underappreciated. That's a good question. Oh, that's a good question, bro. I'm not gonna lie, that's a great question. What are you Sorry. thinking? Do you have ones that are going through your mind? You know, I got a bunch of bunch of joints shooting through my joint right now. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't want to say the wrong answer. There's no such there's no such thing as wrong because it's purely whatever you feel like. I'm always interested in. It doesn't have to be the best album of all time, but just something that you think people should appreciate. Something that everyone should listen to, just to oh, understand. I got one. I got one. This, this is right. out the box, bro. I right. Justin Guarini. He he made he dropped the album after he came in second place in American Idol to Kelly Clarkson. That album is fire, underappreciated. People should tap into that joint. Literally. I would never have expected that album from you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. Now they got my boy doing Dr. Pepper commercials and shit. Like, nah, man, my boy is talented, man. They need to give my boy a second chance. Well, that is awesome. I absolutely love that recommendation. It was Justin Gordini is his name. I never heard of him. Justin Gordini, how you say it? He was, uh, he was on the first ever season of American Idol. He won second place. All right, well, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, second place to Kelly Clarkson. She was amazing as well. But, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Obviously, the one and only Rick Hyde. Make sure that you you check him out. He's got his – check him out on Spotify. He's got YouTube videos. I was looking this morning at his his 
music videos, Black Soprano family, there's the chain. You're never going to miss it. Stay tuned for Plates 3. That's all he's going to say about that. But, man, is there anything else you wanted to plug, anything else you wanted to shout out before we finish up? Nah, man, shout out to anybody doing something with their time, man. Shout out to everybody, man. Make the best of your time. You only got 24 hours in a day, baby. Love that. Cannot agree more. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.